The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat Good day, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers in the house, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio. We use the Bible and the Constitution, not to see who's on the right or left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns about. I hold to the book, the Bible. As the authoritative word of God, glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsOfLibertyRadio.com and also SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right. You can see the face that's made for radio. Head over to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. And there you're going to see two videos at the top of the page. The one on the left side is Bradley's show from yesterday. So if you miss that and you'd like to catch that, you can do so up until 3 o'clock Eastern, at which time he'll be live in that area right there. Okay, uh, Right side of the page, that's where we're at. Click on the play button, blow up on whatever device you got. Look for the Rumble icon, bottom right-hand corner. And then a click on that. You can join us in the chat on Rumble. Uh, lots of friends over there this morning. Good to see you guys. Good morning to you. And then while you're over there, be sure to subscribe to that channel. If you want to go directly to Rumble, the channel is Sons of Liberty Radio Live. Sons of Liberty Radio Live is the channel on Rumble. And then we're also streaming live to BeforeIt'sNews.com, top of the page there. And we appreciate those guys giving us a spot for the morning and afternoon show. Also, right up under uh, where we're streaming live on SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, you can sign up for our email newsletter. It goes out once a day, sometime between you know late afternoon and early evening. And uh, that's all the articles we have for the day, including the Morning Show Archive. So if you see something here and any of the articles, the videos, any of that stuff, uh, you're welcome to them. Uh, you can get it in your inbox. Also, when you go to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, you may get this little thing that says allow or block. What that does, just, just so people know, um, if you hit allow, what it'll do is while you're on your browser, you get a little thing in the bottom corner whenever we post a new a new article. Now, sometimes they come a little more rapid than others. OK, but uh, they, they usually show up in your bottom right hand corner. All you got to do is click on it and you can read the article uh, if you want to do that and you control it. If you want to shut it off, you just go into settings of your browser and turn it off. You don't have to write me. You don't have to click through a bunch of stuff. You can just turn it off on your browser. And um, and that's another way you can get the articles from Sons of Liberty Media dot com. Now, before I get into things, I got to tell you. I most of, you know, I'm doing that, that diet and the juicing thing that, that Kate talked about. And uh, I went out yesterday to get some more carrots. I go buy all the loose organic carrots they get from the local farmers here. 
go up there because they're right. It's interesting. They're actually cheaper than buying the bag store stuff. It's really interesting. In any case, uh, I was walking down one of the aisles and I got this, of course, this dairy-free butter. I'm going to try that. My son said it was really good. So I'm giving it a shot. But they had local stuff, you know, local crafters of different things. And one of the things they had on the bottom was this ginger ale, non-alcoholic, but the stuff was $12 for six bottles. Said, not going there. Then they had this, okay? Charleston's own pickled garlic. <laughs> I've given them a plug, I guess. You can find them at charlestonspecialtyfoods.com. They make it down here in Charleston, South Carolina. Don't, don't let anybody tell you nothing good comes out of there. These things are the bomb. They are the bomb. Great on a salad. I threw it on the salad. I threw it in with some potatoes in the skillet with that, that vegan butter, whatever it was. Uh, oh, high off the hog. And then when I was sharing it with my sons, everybody's putting their fingers in there, grabbing that stuff out, eating it. I want one of those big pickle jars full of these things. They are, they are great. They really are great. Um, nope, I'm not doing that, Obs, because of the fact that my gut is clean now. <laughs> That's the deal. A clean gut takes care of a lot of a lot of different stuff. Anyway, um, I'm just telling you, it really does. All right, so there's my spiel. This that was something I found yesterday. It was like a, a blessing from the Lord. I, and look at all the look at all the stuff, the peppers and the ugh, all that good stuff in there. They're just, they're wonderful. They really are wonderful. Um, with that said, there's a bunch of stuff uh, to cover here today. I, you know, I put like three things in the title for the video platform, but there's a bunch of stuff to cover today. Right off the bat, this one is kind of interesting. This is out of Australia. Uh, they claim to be working with our FBI, and we know what a joke those guys are. Sorry, guys. It, I just... It, you're a joke. The FBI is about as big a joke as the CIA is. Um, but sadly, the joke is on us. And uh, and for the, for the CIA, the joke is not only on us, it's on the rest of the world as well. As well. But there was an arrest. There was a, a, a pretty major pedophile ring that was busted. Um, 100 people have been arrested. 13 children rescued. This is real stuff. This, well, I assume it's real. Um, from what they're telling us. Anyway, this is the report here from NBC on this. I uh, don't know if you heard it, but again, it was working with um, the United States and uh, Australia. So I, we'll, we'll see. I mean, it's they've already had uh, 49 uh, of the people, the 100, I think, um, already convicted. 49 of them uh, out of the 100. So uh, here's, the, here's the short little report here from... NBC, and I think they're picking this up from the Australian police down there. Here it is. Operation Bacchus kicked off in 2022 as a result of information that was provided by the FBI to the ACE in relation to Australian members of a peer-to-peer -peer network allegedly sharing child abuse material online. This has been a complex investigation. Members of this network were using encryption and other methods to avoid law enforcement detection whilst they were sharing videos and files of child abuse material. Uh, this operation was highly complex and the, F the FBI sent 211 international lead packages to our, pack to our countries. 
These lead packages included information needed by our international partners to bring justice to our children and to their families. Today, we celebrate the rescue of 13 children. Uh, we assess that some of those offenders have potentially been committing offences for over 10 years. Um, this is a peer-to-peer -peer network, so obviously that's how we allege these individuals were sharing child abuse material with each other. What I can advise is the majority of these individuals were experienced in ICT or in current ICT roles, so they had a higher level of technical competency. The longer people like this avoid detection, it means the longer the cycle of abuse continues. This was a sophisticated network. And while we have charged 19 people, the AFP and our partners do not rule out further arrests in relation to this matter. Okay. All right. So you hear, you hear what's going on there. Um, I have no reason to believe it's anything but what they're saying it is. But uh, obviously, this is probably much bigger than this. Um, you know, they're saying it's a sophisticated, I would assume so if you've arrested a hundred people in it, I would assume that's the case. By the way, I think there were two FBI agents who were, that were killed. And this kind of launched that dual thing there between Australia and uh, the FBI. I think that was the reason why, uh, this was done, but there were two FBI agents um, yeah, it says the joint investigation began after the two FBI agents investigating the alleged pedophile ring were fatally shot in 2021 while executing a search warrant in Sunrise, Florida, for a man suspected of being in possession of child abuse material, uh, the agency noted in the news release. So <clears throat> you've got you've got that there uh, as to to what is going on. And um, we've we've covered a lot of this kind of stuff. I mean, the, one of the biggest traffickers in the world, and this was something I brought up with, with Sound of Freedom, is the Roman Catholic Church. It's the Vatican. And yet, uh, not a peep from Caviezel, Gibson, because they're loyal papists, um, about the child trafficking the, and the human trafficking. It's not just children. Uh, done by the, 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 the Roman Catholic Church during its history. Uh, it's an apostate church. It, it is one that purports that it speaks for Christ, when it is in is in total uh, stance against Christ, even to the mass. I mean, my goodness gracious! Uh, you know, talk about people who don't believe in the work and the sacrifice uh, of Jesus Christ. It's right there in the mass. Oh, we believe it because we. That's why we do it. Well, if you believe it, the Bible says it was once for all done. You don't keep re-offering it over and over. This was part of the problem I had with Cabezal in the um, uh, the passion. He's he's not that, that just wasn't idolatrous in itself, but he's talking about having to take the Eucharist all the time. Well, when are we to take the Eucharist, the Thanksgiving? When are we to take the Lord's table? When are we to do that? We're to do that together. I just don't get to go out and do it on my own. The Bible talks about waiting for one another, 1 Corinthians 11 waiting on one another. And then there's, there's all kinds of problems with that. There really is. Um, this was another one. Now this came out yesterday as best I can figure it out. Now, uh, the show we're going to play on Saturday with Bob Sisson. I talked with Bob yesterday. He's, he's friends with, uh, Karen Kingston. Now Karen Kingston is, um, a former Pfizer rep and she's been the one, boy, I, I tell you, uh, anything I saw with her early on, uh, as far as her presentation, was great stuff. She was bringing the uh, the receipts from all of 
the um, uh, the, the the patents and everything else that Pfizer had because she had the goods on them. And she came out uh, with a video. Actually, she had um, posted on her Substack this. Uh, this was August the 6th. Uh, she was concerned for her, her son and for her mother. Um, he, she finally got a text, uh, set, I don't know, several days, maybe a week or something from her son later. But this is what she got. And, and she said, uh, this is not my son. It's a weird CGI video imitating him. And um, so, you know, she's in essence, I guess, went dark or whatever is what Bob had told me. He's communicated to me and he had not seen it. He said she was sick before, but he's I said, well, this seems to be something new. So I'm going to play a little bit of this for you. It's really it's almost 40 minutes long. I'm not going to play the whole thing, but she talks about how she's been poisoned. And if you've seen her before, you can see it. You can see it in her eyes um, that she's not well. Uh, she she needs that chlorine dioxide. I'm going to tell you what, uh, working in her system, she really does. But this is uh, this is what Karen King said. And bear with it just a little bit. It's going to have a couple of glitches. I, that was in the video that I got. But uh, here she is. Listen to what she has to say. That's the owner's name, Ernest Luke. Uh, he used to work for the FBI, and he told me he worked um, for Obama and Hillary Clinton when she was Secretary of State um, at the Pentagon. Um, and uh, he told me my life is in, in danger. I have been uh, poisoned multiple times. Okay. Acts, um, stuff in water bottles or water. Um, and um, when I was staying with my mother with security, I got a message from a friend from Florida saying I wasn't safe there either. Um, and I believe that was that was true. Um, so. Why am I um, on the hit list? Well, when I when I spoke with um, Ernest Luke, he had told me that I, I am on a list, um, that my messaging is wrong. Specifically, you know, I'm activating um, sheriffs, which they're allowed to do, and um, my messaging around certainly. Um, this was confirmed, Florida saying, um, you know, that some of my information could be damaging to like children's health defense. I don't even know how that is. Um, but so why am I in this situation? Um, there is a massive uh, plan, as you guys know, right, um, just basically to um, track and trace everybody. So if you notice in America, at least in California and Florida, there's lights everywhere. Um, there, you're also being injected with the lipid nanoparticle technology. Um, those are tracking devices. Um, and their weapons. And so what I did in Florida caught the attention of a number of people, apparently, according to Ernest, it caught the attention of former President Obama and uh, Secretary of State Clinton. Uh, and the reason why there's a target on my back is because I have a demand letter up on my Substack um, for sheriffs to seize the weapons. It's very easy to do. Um, I mean, if you have victims and people were harmed by the injections, those weapons can be seized. We just need one brave sheriff or chief deputy uh, to, to do the order. And, and then the house of cards um, will, will fall apart. So that, that's one of the reasons. But then Ernest also told me it was my, my messaging um, around specific individuals. And I have a feeling it was around Dr. Robert Malone. Now, I've never spoke to Dr. Robert Malone. Um, I've been critical of him when he said that the FDA approval for Pfizer didn't happen on August 24th. 2021, he went on Steve Bannon and said it, it was for a company called BioNTech, not Pfizer. 
and they're obviously business partners it's like a marriage um so pfizer also broke their immunity shield if you remove the dod contract they forfeited their immunity under eua that's not my opinion that's also what the federal judge in the brooke jackson case ruled. you hear that he ruled on the case he wasn't supposed to rule on it at all um he did not punt it um so pfizer is completely liable uh, we can go after them with criminal and civil charges but more importantly, we need to get these injections out of the community before they um, cause disease, disabilities, and death among more children. Um, also, I was critical of Dr. Carmel Malone because on you know, Glenn Beck, he confessed that mRNA injections are the gateway into transhumanism. So what is transhumanism? Um, Dr. Robert Malone explained it by making um, biological changes to the human body and also integrating it with the digital realm. So the biological changes um, are non-human DNA. And you can read Dr. Robert Malone's patent from 1996, which is expression of exogenous DNA in mammal cells. So in that patent, he was experimenting with his cationic liposome, which is a technology um, to express reptilian DNA, to express insect DNA uh, in human cells. And specifically, it says in patients. So even in the human body and human beings. Um, and, you know, my other concerns is that, you know, Dr. Robert Malone consistently says Pfizer's not liable, right? He started August 24th, you know, on Steve Bannon. Uh, he said after watching the, um, the video from Project Veritas with Jordan Walker at the end, he said, well, it's obvious that Pfizer's above all uh, international laws for biowarfare. Yeah, and he mentioned some Israel treaty, but that's not true. Um, and, and so I think that was a major part of it. And I, and I Keep in mind, um, this, this is all open information. When Dr. Robert Malone was interviewed by Joe Rogan, he, he admitted, he's like, yeah, I have friends at the NIH. I've got Anthony Fauci's cell phone. I have friends at the three-letter agencies, the CIA, CIA the FBI, the Pentagon. Um, I was in charge of vaccine development and billions of dollars with BARDA. You know, he's also worked with DARPA, um, you know, basically to, to create these nanotechnologies is what they are that mimic our biology, right? And he's very open about this. And he also says, yeah, he works with the CIA and the FBI. And, you know, he said on January 4th, Michael Callahan, the big guy at the CIA, I guess, gave him a call. So my concern is um, some of his messaging is saying, it's like, well, yeah, this is terrible. We shouldn't inject children. Uh, we shouldn't inject adults. And now it should be pulled. But there's nothing you can do. Okay, so let let me stop right there. I think this is this is this is really they kind of let her go with her information, and they said, okay, you know this stuff, and she's right. A lot of this stuff is out in the open, but how many people are going to go dig it up? How many people are going to take the time to? You know, I get people all the time that write me. I can show you on the on the on the show here. I can put the link in the archive. I can put the link in the comment section. I'll still have people that come to me and say, so where is that thing that you, you were talking about in the show today? There's a, you know, you can scrub back. You can listen to it and write it down. I mean, but people don't want to do it. People have become lazy. They don't know how to do a basic internet search in many cases. And I'm not, I'm not trying to beat up on people who, you know, computers aren't your thing. I get that. But these are people who are in, all the time and it, it we've created a culture that's that's one they're they're dumb in the sense that they 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 are hard of hearing they're dull of hearing that's what that's really what that gets to you can tell them and they still sit there and go huh and you can be very clear and they still go huh explain that to me again um 
So we, we have that, but then she's now she's talking about she's really pulled their bulletproof vest off, if you will. Because what they've done is they violated the EUA, the um, Emergency Use Authorization uh, issue concerning the fact that there were other treatments for the alleged convids, and they pushed this out there. This is why I think Donald Trump should be held. Some people continue. They continue. The, the show we did on Trump the other day, you ought to go read the comments. The, the just MK Ultra kind of responses from people. And when I say that, I really mean it. I think they have got a mass hypnosis on people, a mass mind control, that if you say anything about the idol that you have set up politically, then the immediate response is, you must like Joe Biden. You must be a child groomer. You must love Islam. You must, you know, all of the goofy stuff that if they listened to the show, they would know different, right? That they would know completely different. She's pulling back the curtain and saying they have violated the law. Now, she's not the first one to say this, though. When we had Dr. Sherry Tenpenny on a couple of years ago, that was one of the first things she said. She said they have violated the law because you have other treatments here, and they put this, this they're going to roll out this dangerous shot here that doesn't need to be rolled out under emergency use authorization because the EUA was their protection blanket. That was the thing that, you know, they were going to have this and because they were going to have this, well, because the government says it's emergency use, government's not going to let you sue them, blah, blah, blah. That, that is not the place of government to do. Tell me somebody, in our Constitution, Article 1, there's 18 to 21 things that the Congress can write law on, which means there's 18 to 21 things, depending on how you count them, that they can fund. Only those 18 to 21 things. And I'm going to tell you, some of them I have a problem with them doing. Because I don't see it as the role of government. But they have them there. They go spend money on everything under the sun and to every country under the sun. We played some of that in the video where we were talking about what, you know, the the, the big omnibus bill that uh, Trump signed, the first one he signed. That he said, oh, I had to do it for national security. Yeah, okay, right. But Karen is saying they're open to be sued. They're open to be sued uh, because they were in violation of the law that would protect them under EUA. So that's a pretty big deal. You start getting Americans coming in and saying, wait a minute, my husband died. He had myocarditis. He didn't have it before. He took this shot and this is what brought it on. I, I got a teenager who's, you know, they were playing soccer or doing whatever and they, they had to have the shot and all this other stuff. We didn't get informed consent. We didn't get any of that stuff. Interesting, you know, I'm listening to Operation Paperclip. It's a long book by a lady uh, on on Audible while I'm doing work and stuff uh, away from the desk here. And it's very interesting, the guy who ended up writing the Nuremberg Code and just what all, was, what all had transpired during that. I, I'm dealing with a person who thinks National Socialism in our Telegram group. And I, I'm for dissem disseminate the information. I, I think Adolf Hitler was just, just like, and I'm not saying that Trump is Hitler, but I'm saying just like that, the nationalism concept, this thing of making Germany great, of really building it up, all of these kinds of things. It's a you know, it appeals to the it, it appeals to the people who want law and order. But 
what he's doing is he's promoting national socialism. And by the way, if you don't think that Trump has his hands in some some socialism too, you ought to go back and listen to his thing on uh, national health care. It's socialism. It's socialized medicine. That's what it is. Same thing that Obama was pushing. It really is. Um, in any case, I just thought you'd you'd like to know that was a breaking story yesterday uh, about Karen Kingston, and and you know keep her in your prayers. Uh, I don't, you know, she's got uh, you know she claims to be a Christian and all, but I I don't know uh, exactly what's going on there. But in any case, um, yeah, there it is. Uh, we got a call coming in here, and uh, I'm going to take this call here right quick. Uh, caller, are you there? Hey, good morning, Tim. Good morning, fellow boat rockers. <laughs> good morning, Sean. <laughs> How y'all doing on this blessed day? Good. How about you? Ah, you know me. Blessed by the best, brother. Good. Never going to change. What you got? So, I noticed uh, the other day, Bradley missed some stuff about Trump there, right? Okay. Because when Trump started his border wall tour, I don't know if everyone remembers, but he talked about chipping us. And he even pointed to the webbing on the hand in between the thumb and index finger. Mm. I did. I, did, I, did I missed that. If you've got a clip yeah, on that, please send that it to me. One time. He yeah, did please. that one time when he started the border wall tour. And then somebody, and then somebody must've told him not to talk about that anymore. Yeah. He's and controlled. He also, people think he's not controlled, but he is controlled. Oh, absolutely. Look, what people need to understand is this Democrat Republican thing. Yep. That's just another mechanism of division. That's right. Right? That's exactly what it Trump, is. Did, I'm sorry. That's what exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. You're right. Go ahead. Yeah. And didn't Trump also say, oh, take the guns first, due process later? Yep. Yeah, he's really a president of law and order, let me tell you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, there there are things. Look, I, I don't think it was Bradley's intent to take everything, but I think that little 20-minute video if people really want to help their friends uh, who want to be helped, who actually want to know the truth. I was talking with a guy the other day. He says, we know Q, like it or not, woke people up. But Donald Trump, like him or not, woke people up. Well, I ask, the question that I have is, if they're really awake, is it just to get information? And they say, well, now I know that I didn't know it. Or is it to bring them to action? Because if it hasn't brought them to action, and I'm not talking about making signs and going up to D.C. I think that was all lured in there. Um, but the, oh, but yeah. the fact of the matter is, if it's not drawing, putting them to, to action, well, then I have to ask whether they're really awake or not. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Sean, I thanks. Mean, but, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Tim. No, I, I didn't know. Do you got one more thing you want to get to? Because I got a bunch of stuff here I'm going to get. <laughs> oh, no, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, I just wanted to get that in there. And remember yeah. this. Trump could be, like, think about this Q movement, right? This happened back during the Bolshevik Revolution. Yeah, sure it did. Right? Same stuff. It, it, it's lulling people into an absolute false sense of security. Yep. Because if you look at under Trump, the FEMA camps were expanded mm -hmm. and given control to a former Marine, which there's no such thing, right? Yep. So just, just remember that, people. Yeah. Sean, thank you for the call, man. Appreciate it. Good to hear from you. Everyone, have a blessed day. I'll pray I'll pray for your core hearing today, darling. God bless everyone. All right. See ya. All right, there goes Sean. And uh, appreciate the call there, Sean. 
Um, okay, so back to what was going on. You guys probably saw this guy. I think he called in to Bradley's show the other day. I didn't get to hear it. I just called the end of it, and it sounded like he had called in. So I didn't go get to go back and listen. But this young man out of uh, Wisconsin, Marcus Schroeder, um, he's the he's the young man who was out there with his friends. He had a bullhorn, and he was just reading scripture. He wasn't even reading anything from, uh, you know, those passages that would that would condemn sodomy or condemn men dressing as women or any of that. He was reading out of Galatians, and he was speaking about love. And all of a sudden, you know, the, this is what I'm saying about you guys in the thin blue line. If you want to be respected as quote-unquote law enforcers, that's what you want to call yourselves, well, then you better start enforcing the law. And you've got people over across from him doing what the law condemns out in the open, out in, not in their bedrooms where nobody sees it except God. They're doing it out in the open. And instead of going and arresting the lawbreakers, they come over and they arrest, they, they arrest a young man who's simply reading Scripture on the sidewalk. Oh, you're not supposed to have amplification. Well, it's not that you can't have amplification. You can. But usually those are tied to decibel level levels of what that is. And I've watched Jeff Durbin do this with the, the, the little uh, tyrants in their badges and guns who come out when he's using a, a bullhorn at an abortion clinic or something. And he says, you got a decibel meter? Then get to step in before you start tripping. That's the whole point. Because the, the people are going to sit here and they're going to rush this through. Well, as we say here, let their cruelty swell our ranks. I think that's an absolute truth. I, in fact, I think that's exactly how they're playing up the whole Trump thing here. Nothing's going to happen to the guy. It's going to get all this coverage. It's free publicity. All of his supporters are going to remain right there. Remember, he said he could go shoot somebody in the middle of, uh, of the street and all his supporters, would he wouldn't lose any support. He's exactly right. He's exactly right. Unless God opens the people's eyes and their ears and grants them repentance, they'll go right along with him. But here he's given a chance to speak to his city council. Listen to this. Praise God. See, all is not lost. Yeah, you see a lot of some of these young people running around doing some of the goofy things that they do, some of the sinful things they do. And some of us can remember doing goofy and sinful things too. Okay, uh, But you see young men being raised up like this. And it lets you know there is hope. God is raising up a standard. He's raising up a standard against the flood of the enemy that's coming in. Listen to Marcus here. He's given a spot at the city council here in Wisconsin, Waterton, Wisconsin. He's given about three minutes or so. Listen to what this young man has to say. And I don't know why it's froze up there for some reason. I don't know. I don't know what happened. Okay. All right. Let me see if I can just reset it. I'll refresh the page. That's really strange. Never had that as a problem uh, to work, but let's see what we can get going. Okay. It just doesn't want to play my video. It wants to play my video. Hope you're all doing good tonight. Here we go. I just wanted to ask a simple question. I know, you know, a Nazi group showed up at the event Saturday and people were talking about that. And I just wanted for all of us to really think about this. What's wrong with Nazism? Like seriously, what's wrong with Nazism? Because imagine for a moment, 
that there is no God above us, no hell below us, no heaven to live for, as John Lennon wanted to imagine. If we are truly the result of evolved stardust and our answer. I'm telling you, this was not an issue before. This played right through. But uh, boy, yeah, they're just going to make it difficult for me this morning. <laughs> wow. I mean, this 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 video was not a problem before at all. And I, I really wanted you to hear what Marcus had to say because uh, it was really good. Let me see if I can uh, bring it up in another browser. Maybe it'll play in another browser. Maybe it's the maybe it's the browser that's doing. It. I, I'll give anything a shot to see if we can uh, swap it up here. Um. Okay, let's move ahead a little bit where we were. I just wanted for all of us to okay. really let's think about this. Here. What's wrong with Nazism? Like seriously, what's wrong with Nazism? Because imagine for a moment that there is no God above us, no hell below us, no heaven to live for as John Lennon wanted to imagine. If we are truly the result of evolved stardust and our ancestors were fish and were the descendants of monkeys, then where do we find our value as human beings? What's wrong with Nazism? Unless if you understand that the God of Scripture says that we are made in his image. And so to murder innocent people is a violation to God's commands. As a Christian, I can say that Nazis, what the Nazis did in Nazi Germany was completely horrific and that they should have been resisted. In fact, the, the number one people group that resisted the Nazis were Christians. And the, and the reason why, the reason why was because they had a worldview that says that people are made in God's image and that they have worth and value. That's why Nazism is wrong. But if we're going to reject the Christian worldview, then we can't hold on to the fruit that comes from the Christian worldview while denying the actual foundation. Intolerance is an interesting word. Tolerance, intolerance, hatred, love, bigotry, things like that. Because really every culture has something that it's intolerant towards and something that it's tolerant of. I mean, there are things like murder and rape and, and you know, stealing and, and just crimes that we are intolerant towards as a society. And, and so every society has something that's intolerant towards. The question is just what is our object of intolerance and what is our object of tolerance? When I showed up Saturday, all I did was read from Scripture on the sidewalk. I read from the Bible, Galatians. And by the way, I wasn't reading Romans 1. I wasn't reading any passage that spoke against homosexuality or anything like that. I was reading a passage from the Bible about love. And I was arrested. No reason, not given any warning, not told anything about my amplification needed to be turning down. I was arrested and taken into custody simply for reading the Bible on the sidewalk. You see, as we become more and more tolerant of sexual immorality in our culture, we become more and more intolerant towards Christian morality. And the more we become intolerant towards Christian morality, the more we're going to see lawlessness in our streets. The more we become intolerant of Christian morality, the more we're going to see Nazis. The more we're going to see people who don't hold to a Christian worldview, who think that everybody is a result of animals, and therefore if we are animals, then why can't we just act like animals? We were called a hate group. We were told that we don't want to understand the other side, and I just want to set the record straight. I am more than happy to have that conversation with the other side. I did speech and debate throughout high school, and one of the things that we were taught in debate is that you can't make an argument for your side until you're able to make the argument for the other side. I've sat down and had hours of discussions 
with LGBTQ activists. I completely understand the other side. I want to understand the other side. But drag queens twerking on kids in lingerie is unacceptable. And that's something that we have to notice as a culture. We can have our disagreements, but there comes a time when we have to understand that we are all going to stand before God one day. And we're going to have to give an account for what we have done with the children in our society, the innocent minds and the children who deserve to be protected. Thank you. All right. I'm, I'm surprised they didn't get a standing ovation in there. Uh, well done, Marcus. Uh, see, see, there are young men being raised up. There are, there are young women being raised up. You don't see a lot of them. I think it started uh, many years ago in, in the home education movement. I, I really do. And there's a lot of people who aren't Christian who are doing. It. I'd rather them do it there. I'd rather them do it in their house than have the public indoctrination center where you get the hive mind stuff. Okay, I, I'd, re, I'd I really would. Um, and I've often said, and I, I've said it many times, um, that I would rather see parents raising their kids. So what if they're not the greatest intellect? If they've got a good moral compass, if they got a good, you instill in them a good work ethic. And they understand who God is and they enjoy him and they obey him. They're seeking after him and his kingdom and his righteousness. Well, then that that's worth more to me than somebody who's got a Ph.D. or any of this other stuff. Anybody can give can learn and give information. But not everybody is trustworthy and has character and exemplifies that in their life. That's a big deal. Some people don't think that's a big deal now. They think it's more about, you know, what you can do, what you know. And all of that, I guess, is important in certain jobs for sure. But anybody can learn anything. But the issue is, do you have faith? Do you have a good moral compass? Do you have good character that you demonstrate? Can Are you trustworthy? Simple things you can build into them. By doing what Deuteronomy 6 says, and that's teaching the commands of God, his statutes, and his judgments. And, um, yeah, those kinds of things are, are pretty important. All right, so so that's Marcus. And, again, I don't know why this was causing such an issue here. Um, this, is a, this is another one I ran across yesterday. This is a, a young man, and I didn't get the guy's name, but he's speaking on the 2020 election election. Uh, fraud that was going on in the state of Michigan. And uh, I mean, this is the guy who was on the inside. He was, he was one of the poll watchers there. Listen to what this guy says here. And, and people still, there are still people out there and the Mockingbird media wants to do it too, who want to say, there's nothing to see here. There's been no election fraud. There's none. And they, and yet there's, there's stories all over of individuals getting popped for voter fraud. And being convicted. I know there's been, at least out of the 2020, there's been at least three or four that I've, I've covered stories on. Listen to this young man and what he says. Hopefully the video is going to play on this. Well, it wants to act up too. Isn't that interesting? I don't know. This is now, again, this is, uh, this is Firefox. So I wouldn't think this would be <laughs> such a problem, but eh, it's being a problem. So I'm going to go over here. So to based another... off Whoop. my sampling of a dozen duplicate ballots Let's see if we from can up here. 6 a.m. to about 2 p.m. the next day, because I was doing duplicates. Um... Okay, I swapped to him and he shuts up. All right, so we're going to try it. 
we're going to try it again. And I apologize. I'm having to move around here through through other browsers, but I do want you to hear the testimony if you've not heard it. Many of you, again, I know my audience is not ignorant. You guys stay on top of a lot of things. So, so based off here we go. my We're sampling go of a dozen duplicate ballots from um, 6 a.m. to about 2 p.m. the next day, because I was doing duplicates, um, from these duplicate ballots I observed, none of them were for Trump. None of them. And from the other two shifts or two rounds that we did earlier, only one ballot that I witnessed from a duplicate was for Trump. So I'm talking just a dozen off my sampling from that one shift of 6 a.m. to 2 p.m., none. And throughout the whole time, the whole night, I only saw one. Um, three other challengers around me told me the same thing from their sampling. So also, we challenged ballots all night. They were, every challenge was refused. They never carried it out. They never issued challenge ballots. There's no track, no remedy, no records, no no recording of any challenge ballots the entire night. So we challenged. Um, poll workers changed duplicate ballots to straight Democrat ticket. So for example, you know, it would be like a mixed ticket, bubbles filled in everywhere. I personally, I witnessed employees taking their pen and filling in the Democrat straight ticket when it's not. And so you're going to have other people testify that when it goes to adjudication that they see two different parties filled in. And then nine times out of ten, you're also going to have testimony, too, that says that the employees were saying it should go to the Democrats. That's true. I, 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 because there's 200 tables, 150 tables, however many tables there are, five employees per table, and they all have pens. And I, I witnessed them writing a ticket for the straight Democrat ticket. Um so I also witnessed like duplicates of duplicate ballots, which was very strange to me. We were making a duplicate, we'll take it to back to the tabulator, and again, make another duplicate of the duplicate. I personally asked the employees, hey, why are we making, like, first verify, is this a duplicate of the duplicate? They said, yes. I said, why? This is the tabulator says, unknown reasons. Okay. So, and then I also at the tabulators did see the double counting on the jams. Um, I saw that several times. Um, they would take the ballots that were just, just scanned and just rescan them again once there would be a jam. And then around 2 p.m., I leave the room for about five minutes to grab a snack because they're saying, you know, snacks are coming in. Go grab a snack. Go ahead. I leave the room 2 p.m. The, the minute I leave the room, they block out the whole room with coverings. Uh, they prohibited access back in for me, um, and they said it's because – we're exceeding COVID capacity. Now I'm going to wrap up with this. Mind you, the entire night, this room was slammed. It looked like the New York Stock Exchange on its like busiest day. And then at 2 p.m. the next day, after 70% of the employees have already finished their work, they're leaving, they left the room. Now they're emplacing the ex exceeded COVID capacity rules, which was pure discrimination. All right, so... <clears throat> This guy's giving a testimony under oath. He's telling you what's going on. This was just in one precinct here in Michigan. And huh, well, no, we're just going to keep the election certified. And it's like, did anybody hear what the guy said? <laughs> was anybody paying attention? Were they listening? Ah, it's just, it's absolutely incredible to me. It really is. This other one is uh, something I believe that <clears throat> Bradley hit on. 
And uh, he's done an article on it. I've done an article on it as well. This comes out of Illinois. Now, you've got uh, uh, State Puff Marshmallow Man number two there as governor, um, J.B. Pritzker, and he's the guy who tried to go after the guns, and the sheriffs are saying no. I, you know what? Sheriffs out there in Illinois, I hope, I hope you ho keep your word. I do. But I know for many of those guys, if the screws are put to them, they're going to they're come after your guns because their job's going to be on the line. Their life's going to be on the line. Their family's going to be on the line. This is why the men of the community are going to have to get together. They're going to have to form those relationships again. They're going to have to get to know one another. And they're going to have to go and encourage that sheriff saying, we got your back. If you'll take the stand, we got your back. If you don't, we're going to be at your front door. That's what needs to happen. This is why it's important for the men of the community to get together, to form those little militias. I, you can call them what you want, okay? But that's, in essence, what they are. You're the defenders of the community. According to the Constitution, you're the enforcers of the law. You're the repellers of invasions. You're the ones who put down insurrections. The men do. And this guy, not only has he done that, but check this out. He signed legislation that allows illegal immigrants. The, the whole term illegal means it's unlawful, right? <laughs> Go look it up in Webster's 1828. It means unlawful. Illegal immigrants to become part of the thin blue line. Now, I want to ask, I want to ask members of the thin blue line who are Americans, who are Americans. I want to ask you guys, why should you get respect if you keep your mouth shut about that? You don't deserve any respect if you keep your mouth shut about things like this. You don't deserve respect if you don't uphold the law. And you say, well, how can you say that? There are authorities given to them. I, I understand all authority is given. Just as Jesus said, he, he told Pilate, you could have no authority except it was given to you by my father. I get that. But these people are usurping authority that the people never gave them to do. And if you don't speak out against this, you are just as wicked and lawless as the people they're trying to put in here into these positions. Can you imagine getting pulled over by some guy who came up from Guatemala, Somalia, somewhere else, somewhere in Central America, I know Somalia is not there, uh, somewhere over in the Middle East, and they pull you over and they want to cite you for something when they themselves are in, not only in violation of probably several immigration laws, but by doing that, I'll guarantee you, we, we did an article years ago um, that, that referenced that when an illegal alien comes into the United States, they're not just breaking those laws. They probably break almost two dozen other laws in order to get in to get into the system, to be able to work, to, to be able to get a house or an apartment or something, to get a car. They probably break almost two, two, two dozen more laws in, in doing that. Committing fraud mainly is the, is the thing. But here's this Pritzker guy. He wants to make illegal immigrants into police officers. House Bill 3751. That's what he signed. U.S. citizenship will no longer be a requirement to serve as a police officer in the state of Illinois starting January the 1st. Now, you can have people who are here on a green card. 
You can have people who are on a visa. Um, we've seen different things throughout our history where those people were allowed to do certain things like that. But to come into the country illegally, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, this is a lot of these DACA recipients who came, who were, you know, taken care of here with um, under Obama. And you know what? I struggle with some of that because a lot of these kids, when they were brought over here, it wasn't their fault. Their parents came over here and did whatever. And for some of them, they they actually were looking for a better life for themselves. But when these kids got of age, they should have realized what was going on and straightened it out then. That's what they should have done, but they didn't do that. This leads me to something, and I was going to try to pull it up on my computer just so you guys could see it. I'm going to have to read it off my, my uh, device here. This comes from a book. Again, Mr. Wordsworth had recommended this. It's taken me forever to go through it because I have to actually sit down and read this. I can't listen to it. Um and uh, usually that happens at the end of the day, and I'm just beat dead tired, so I catch some of it on the weekend. But this is a book called A Foreign Conspiracy Against the Liberties of the United States by a guy by the name of Morse. And um, <clears throat> he writes on immigration. Now, the, the conspiracy that he's talking about is coming from the Vatican. And specifically, he's targeting the nation of Austria, and he's saying Austria is being used by the Jesuits and, and the Vatican in order to bring their people over, to infiltrate the United States, to use our laws against us, to uh, import Roman Catholic dogma into the society. Now, if you can't see some of that as to what's going on in the United States, you just need to take the time and say, hmm, who's the illegitimate? What religion does he espouse who is in the people's white house illegitimately yep it's roman catholicism what was the former speaker what was her religion yeah it's roman catholicism what are the majority uh, seven of the nine justices on the supreme court what what religion that is that roman catholicism yep it's an apostate religion it does not hold to the gospel of jesus christ it doesn't and that's what the reformers, that's how they broke the back of them. They, they rediscovered the true gospel. And it broke the back of Rome, and along with getting the Bible in the people's hands in their own language. This is what this guy writes. Now, it's a little lengthy, so we may go over because I've got another thing I'm going to touch on here. But it's, it's a little lengthy, a uh, couple of pages that I, that I want to read. And because I think this information is great. It was written in the, the, I think it was in the early 1800s in this country. He was already talking about them doing this. So some of you guys who have been following uh, Mr. Wordsworth's uh, stuff there in the chat, uh, this is going to fit into some of the things he's been talking about. Here's what, he, here's what he starts. He starts on page 141. Again, this is Foreign Conspiracy Against the Liberties of the United States. It's, and I can't even read all the titles. It's one of those long titles, you know, when those guys used to write a title that was like a paragraph. Uh, that's what it is. So here's what, it, here's what it starts at. He's talking about immigration and naturalization law. And I think this is, I highlighted it because it's very important. The subject of immigration is one of those which demands the immediate attention of the nation. It is a question which concerns all parties. And if the writer is not mistaken in his reading of the signs of the times, the country is waking to a sense of the alarming evil produced by our naturalization laws. Let us war among ourselves in party warfare with every lawful weapon that we can convert to our purpose. It is our birthright to have our own opinion 
and earnestly to contend for it. And his whole argument here is the difference between Protestantism, which is, uh, you know, it allows for uh, freedom and liberty and even some disagreements, but papacy doesn't do that. It's dogma. You know, this is where you got the papal bulls and all this other stuff that we come for. <clears throat> so he says, every American should feel his national blood mount at the very thought of foreign interference. I agree. I don't understand why we're, when we know uh, money coming from Israel, money coming from China, money coming from the Middle East, money coming from Russia or whoever, going to U.S. candidates. Why do we allow that and why do we tolerate that? That is foreign influence. I don't care if it's coming through a pack or whatever. It shouldn't be allowed. What in the world are we thinking? While we welcome the intelligent and persecuted of all nations and give them an asylum and a share in our privileges, let us beware lest we admit to dangerous fellowship those who cannot and will not use our hospitality aright. This is supposed to be our house, right? Somebody doesn't come into your house and, and start changing the rules of your house. If you demand, hey, look, take your shoes off. We just put down this floor. We, you know, this is our custom or we got carpet or whatever the case may be. That person didn't go, I don't care. I'm going to wear my shoes in. All right, well, then get to stepping. <laughs> You're not going to be in my house and disrespect me in my house and the rules that I have in my house. That such may come and do come, there is no reason to doubt. Consider the following testimony of an immigrant given before a justice in Albany. He says that, quote, in June last, the parish officers paid the passages of himself and about 40 others of the same parish with Chatham or Chatham to the city of Boston in America on board the ship Royalist, Captain Parker, and that they landed in Boston in the month of July last, that the parish officers gave him 30 shillings sterling in money in addition to paying his passage, that he is now entirely destitute of the means of living and is unable to labor and praise for relief, end quote. Now, here are 40 paupers cast upon our shores from one parish in England, and in five years, they become citizens entitled to vote. Is there an American of any party who can believe that there is no danger in admitting a equal or to equal privileges with himself such a class of foreigners? Anybody want to argue for that? I think this is what you have in Ilhan Omar. Fraud committed to come into the country, and now she's a U.S. rep. I don't even see the evidence that maybe she was even naturalized. A remedy to this crying evil admits of not a moment's delay. At this moment, the ocean swarms with ships crowded with this wretched population, bearing them from misery abroad to misery here. We're going to continue to the side, uh, sonsoflibertymedia.com, Rumble, Sons of Liberty Radio Live, and before it's news.com, catch Bradley at 3. Lord willing, we're going to see you back here in the morning, 6 a.m., bright and early. Talk to you then. All right, I want to welcome everybody coming over from the radio. Uh, from the radio. And uh, <clears throat> let me finish this. I mean, this sounds like what they're doing today. They go in, up the, the CIA goes in, upsets these countries, overturns them, tries to put in their little puppet where they want them in. And then all of the people are called refugees because of, you know, our undermining of them. And then they bring them over here. They bring them into the West and the European countries too. Same thing, same thing's going on. The expense incurred in this city, New York, for the support of foreign paupers, it is well known is enormous. 
in Philadelphia. Now, remember, this is uh, the, the early 1800s. In Philadelphia, more than three-fourths of the inmates of their almshouse are foreigners. Three-fourths of the inmates are foreigners in their, they call them the almshouse. Whole families have been known to come from on board ship and go directly to the almshouse. And in Boston dispensary, or in the Boston dispensary, there were the last year, 1834, from two districts, only 477 patients. Of these 477 patients, there were 441 who were foreigners, leaving but 36 of our own population to be provided for. In the Boston Almshouse, the following returns show the increase of foreign paupers in five years. The year ending September the 30th, 1829, uh, three, uh, three, uh, 395 Americans versus 284 foreigners. In the year ending September the 30th, 1834, there were 340 Americans and 613 foreigners. Thus, we see that native pauperism has decreased in five years and foreign pauperism more than doubled. In Cambridge, Massachusetts, more than four-fifths of the paupers are foreigners. The first and immediate step that should be taken is to press upon Congress and upon the nation instant attention to the naturalization laws. Now, the, the point that he's making here is, look, you're having foreigners come in who are paupers from the beginning. They're not coming in like they used to come in, uh, where they either they paid their own way to get here and they either learned a trade or they brought a trade with them. Or. They got sponsored by somebody and the person gave them basically food and board kind of a deal while they uh, served as an apprentice to them to learn whatever they were doing and then start their own trade. Um, and I'm thinking there was another way they got here, but it, but it wasn't on the backs of the people. It wasn't by the government that they got here. And see, we're seeing our government not only welcome them in, they put them on a flight not knowing who they are. Whereas they make you and I take our shoes off, take all our stuff out of our pockets, go through our stuff, scan our bodies, do all this stuff in complete violation of the Fourth Amendment. I, there is no administrative law in the Fourth Amendment. And these foreigners who come across the line illegally, the border illegally, they get flown around the country and they don't know who they are. They don't have to go through all this stuff. They get put up in five-star hotels. They get fed. They don't have to do anything for it. And many of them disappear into the population after they get their hearing. They just disappear. They never show up. You see, see the danger in that? And, and if they're poor, they're either going to be stealing or they're going to be living off the government, which then sucks. You know, it, it, it does this to the people. Devalues the money because they're going to have to print more money to pay for it. I mean, all of this, it, this is a real problem. They would have been better off to stay where they were. We must first stop this leak in the ship, he writes, through which the muddy waters from without threaten to sink us. If we mean to keep our country, this lifeboat of the world, from foundering with all the crew, we will take on board no more from the European wreck, <laughs> that's what he calls it, until we have safely landed and sheltered its present freight. 
In other words, we got to deal with what we got here first before we start bringing in a whole bunch of other people. Why? Because you're going to bring their culture with them. This is why it's necessary for Christians to disciple people. Disciple, you got to teach them. Some people may ask the question, well, why was Israel allowed to <clears throat> take in slaves or, or take wives from people when they, when they conquered a, a land and such? Well, they were to do it for a certain amount of time <clears throat> to teach them the culture, the laws, the commands, the statutes, and the judgments of God so that they could function in that society because their culture was destroyed. It was destroyed. And so they were to learn that, and then there was every seventh year, you're to let those guys go. They got to they be taught, and then they got to be put out there, kind of like the mama bird. Gotta, you got to push them out of the nest and let them fly. But they got to learn it. If they don't learn it, they're going to destroy themselves. It's a simple concept. It's not hard to understand. It's a very simple concept. And he writes here, but you would have us forfeit the character of the country as the asylum of the world? No, but it is a mistaken philanthropy indeed that would attempt to save one at the expense of the lives of thousands. That's exactly right. If you have a society that's been carrying on <clears throat> and you bring in a culture of people who have, they're just destitute, and you make them this huge burden on the people, well, what do you expect to happen? Yeah, exactly what we're seeing happen. The American people are becoming the tail, and the foreigner is rising up above them and becoming the head. This is the whole point of them becoming police officers or Supreme Court judges or represent whatever the case may be. He says, that would receive into our families those dying with the plague. Our naturalization laws were never intended to convert this land into the almshouse of Europe to cover the alarming importation of everything in the shape of man that European tyranny thinks fit to send adrift from its shores, nor so to operate as to surrender back all the blessings of that freedom for which our fathers paid so dear a price into the keeping of our enemies. No, we must have the law so amended that no foreigner may come, excuse me, my screen went off there, and I lost my place. <laughs> may, and no foreigner may come into the country after the passage of the new law shall ever be allowed to exercise the elective franchise. This alone meets the evil in its fullest extent. In other words, they don't have any sway over elections of representatives. We're way past that right now. We really are. We've got so many people with a different mindset, not an American mindset. And there are many there are many foreigners who've come in our midst who've gone through the naturalization process and they love America. And they even if they may embrace something, uh, some different thought patterns, they will at least acknowledge, look, this is the way things are. And we're going to submit to that. Uh, those those laws of America. And, and, and I'm talking about the ones that that are godly laws. Who can complain of injustice in the enactment of such a law? You can see he's writing here in the early 1800s. He's dealing with the same things we're dealing with today. Not the Native American. He is not touched by it. Certainly not the foreigner now in the country, whether naturalized or not. It cannot operate against him. It would take away no right from a single individual in any country. This law would withhold a favor. See, it's not the United States is not obligated to take in anybody. 
It's a, it's a privilege for those people to come into our country, just as if we want to go visit their country or another country. It would be a privilege for us to be able to go into that country. This law will withhold a favor, not a right, from foreigners, and from those foreigners only who may hereafter come into the country. If foreigners abroad choose to take offense at the law, we're not under obligations to consult their wishes. I like the way this guy writes. They need not come here. That's exactly right. This favor, it should be understood, has repeatedly been abused, and it is necessary for the safety of our institutions in future to withhold it. The pressing dangers to the country from popery, that's largely what he's aiming at here, which I think have shown not to be fictitious, other visible indications of foreign influence in the political horizon, the bold organization of foreigners as foreigners in our elections, these all demand the instant attention of Americans if they mean not to be robbed by foreign intrigue of the liberty in their very name. Hmm. Samuel Morse, M-O-R-S, like Morse code kind of deal. That's what he had to say. That was the early 1800s. We're still dealing with the same thing. And we st people think a wall is going to fix this. It doesn't fix that. Why? Because they're being lured in by the representatives with money, with goodies, with EBT cards, with hotels, with clothing, with diapers for their kids. They're being lured in by the people who are supposed to represent us and uphold the law, and they're not upholding the law. And they weren't doing it then either. They weren't fixing the law to uphold it. Same thing. This didn't just happen in, you know, during the Barack Hussein Obama Satoru Sabarka days. Didn't just happen with Joe Biden. Didn't just happen with Trump. Didn't it just happen with G.W. Bush. That's been going on a long time. Long time. And you can see the ideology of the people, how it has changed over the past 240, 50 years. You can see it. And so this is, this is a real problem. And again, people who say they don't believe the Bible, go read Deuteronomy 28 and you tell me it isn't happening to our country. Why? Because God hadn't changed the, who he is. He's immutable. He deals with things exactly the same way he's done with, dealt with them in history. And men haven't changed either. Still commit the same old sins. They find new ways to do it. And here you have it here with uh, Illinois, the Illinois governor trying to do this kind of stuff. Now, this last one, I'm just going to kind of hit this quick because I'm already over in time, but I did want to hit this. Um, this guy, Alan McLeod, you know, he writes for this, you know, people call it the, a left-wing outlet, Mint Press News. I get it. I get it. But I, I think it's good to hear the other side of the story from the perspective of, of the other people. Um, I always find that very interesting because that's what Marcus was talking about. And so I like to at least look at what's going on. And from the things that I've seen, this guy, Alan, I, I really like his reporting in what he presents. One a recent story you had here, and we carried it over here at um, uh, SonsLibertyMedia.com. Taliban's massively successful opium eradication raises questions about what the U.S. was doing all along. I can tell you what they're doing. 
they're they're guarding you've seen the pictures of the soldiers guarding the poppy fields why do you think they were doing that yeah the cia biggest drug run we had this this article up years ago from um was it was by the sharp edge over on Corey uh, Corey's digs.com her friend Corey Lynn over there and uh, she said yeah you can you can uh, use that so I just did a little introduction with some things and then carried her article here but she talks about the hidden history of the CIA black ops in the Caribbean the drug running that was going on down uh, there in Cuba and the CIA was right in the middle of it and the JFK assassination was taking place right in there, too. Notice what she says here. Operation 40, a CIA-sponsored hit squad in the 1960s, was a mixed group of Cuban exiles, Italian wise guys, and square-jawed military intelligence types. That's the end quote. Uh, created under Eisenhower in March 1960, controlled under VP Nixon, and funded by none other than George H.W. Bush, this secretive team had been implicated in the assassination of JFK, CIA, drug running, Watergate, and even the 9-11 cover-up. Taken to Mexico City nightclub in 1963, this here, what you're seeing here, is the only known picture of the ori original members of Operation 40. There they are. This guy that you're seeing here, um, behind his lapel, is Frank Sturgis. Before he became known as the Watergate burglar, Sturgis was a CIA operative for Operation 40. He moved to Cuba in 1956 and in 1958 offered to train Castro's troops, including Che Guevara, in guerrilla warfare to overthrow Batista. Castro accepted the offer but had an immediate need for guns and ammunition, so Sturgis became a gunrunner for Castro with the help of Jack Ruby and funding from none other than the CIA. Yeah, I put that in there because it's just kind of a common thing now that we understand what's going on. But here is, uh, here's, here's just the intro here from Allen's particular article. Here's what he writes. The Taliban government, uh, government in Afghanistan, like, like love them or hate them, I, I, I don't really care for their Islamic Sharia law stuff. I don't care for that. But here's what they did. The nation that until recently produced 90%, 90% of the world's heroin. Now, stop and think about that a second. Knowing what we know now, that Afghanistan really wasn't a culprit in 9-11 at all. I mean, they really weren't a culprit in it. We left the country alone that sent allegedly hijackers. And I'm using air quotes here, just so you know. Allegedly sent hijackers, many of which were found to be alive after the fact. To hijack planes and fly them into buildings. These guys could barely fly Cessnas, but they could do incredible aerial maneuvers with big Boeing Plane, passenger planes, allegedly. With precision, too, by the way. But notice, produced 90% of the world's heroin. Why do you think we were in Afghanistan? Why do you think we were in Syria? Even Trump 
We, oh, we, and then thank God he didn't start any more wars. That's great. But the fact of the matter was he left troops there to guard the oil. They're going to steal the oil, steal this other country's resources. Tell them what to do with it, whatever. Same thing with Iraq. And, and don't tell me we're not getting ready to probably go into Africa. Some of you probably haven't even heard what's going on there. Well, maybe we'll deal with that one day. To go into Africa. There'll be resources down there too. But here's what he says. They produce 90% of the world's heroin. It's drastically reduced opium cultivation across the country. Western sources estimate an up to 99% reduction in some provinces. Wow. Wow. This raises serious questions about the seriousness of U.S. drug eradication efforts in the country. They, yeah, they weren't eradicating squat. You, you'll, it's going to come out eventually. CIA was probably running drugs out of Afghanistan. There may be some reports out on that now. I'll guarantee you that's, what's gonna, that's what was going on. Over the past 20 years, uh, McLeod writes, and as global heroin supplies dry up, experts tell Mint Press News that they fear this could spark the growing use of fentanyl. Mm. A drug dozens of times stronger than heroin that already kills more than 100,000 Americans yearly. And you'll see this goes into some things. We've got uh, Marianne Perez, uh, you know, her, her daughter, the, the hospital gave her painkillers I think it was Oxycontin. I want to say that's what it was. And they were highly addictive. And it just changed her daughter. It took her life. And since then, Marianne has been just relentless in reporting on uh, Purdue. Uh, what was it? The, the, the Purdue Company um, and their family. And then also other big pharma companies. Because she wants somebody to be held accountable. Because it's not just her daughter who died. It's it's a lot of people who are dying from these opi opioids. And <clears throat> look, I don't have a problem with using things as medicine in their natural form. You start processing it down and you turn it into something else. You, in essence, create a pharmaceutical. But if you're just taking, if you're using things in their natural state or something, that's one thing. They're processing, they're sending it out. And they're controlling it and making a lot of money over it. And I don't even think it's being hid by the CIA anymore. Nevertheless, he goes on to talk about this. It has already been called the most successful counter-narcotics effort in human history. The U.S.? Note the Taliban. The Taliban! Armed with little more than sticks, teams of counter-narcotics brigades travel the country, cutting down Afghan Afghanistan's poppy fields. Now, I'm going to tell you, I don't know. I, this kind of thing of just cutting down poppy fields is just goofy to me. Okay. What have I told you? Genesis 1, all things, they're, they're growing. God said they're very good. But if you stop the production of the heroin, well, then you got a whole, whole different issue. Okay. You, you got a whole different issue there. And it does make you wonder if these guys are cutting it all down. What are they doing with it when they cut it down? Yep, they're probably taking and selling it off or the CIA's picking it up, whatever the case may be. So they go on and they say, um, 
In April of last year, the ruling Taliban government announced the prohibition of poppy farming, citing both their strong religious beliefs and the extremely harmful social costs that heroin and other opioids derived from the sap of the poppy plant have wrought across Afghanistan. It has not been all bluster. New research from geospatial data company also suggests that poppy production has already plummeted by around 80% since last year. Indeed, satellite imagery shows that in Helmand province, the area that produces more than half of the crop, poppy production has dropped by a staggering 99%. Just 12 months ago, poppy fields were dominant, but Alsus estimates that there are now less than 1,000 hectares of poppy growing in Helmand. And again, you can you can rest assured that uh, the U.S. government's involved with whatever's going on there. But they're 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 involved in there. It's going to come out. It'll eventually come out. It really will. One of the interesting things in all of this is the war on drugs. I think the war on drugs need to be ended just like the war on terror. Oh, Tim, you just want people to get stoned. Is that what I said? <laughs> is that what I said? No, you need to understand something. It was years ago, I want to say it was in the 1930s, where they had a wide sweeping thing where they wanted to um, uh, ban. Now, keep in mind, our forefathers talked about the hemp plant, the hemp seed being spread across the land. Why? Because it was valuable. Hemp was used for all sorts of things. Now, you know, most people think of hemp, they think of, you know, CBD oil or something like that. But it was used for clothing. It was used to make rope. Uh, they found a way to make it, you know, mix it with a type of concrete, and you get a higher R value than you would to make a regular stick-built house, and uh, you get great insulation in there, and it doesn't catch fire. All kinds of things. This was declared illegal by our government, along with cannabis. And the Supreme Court determined, I think it was in 1960, that it was unconstitutional. How you like them apples? They said, no, 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 no. This is, it's, it's a plant, you know? Then they came on with the Controlled Substance Act, of which they dumped all the pharmaceuticals in with what God had made, and they got it in again after, after it had already been ruled unconstitutional, they dumped it in under that law, pretended law. Yeah. You want to you want to stop the deaths. You really want to stop the deaths. You want to stop uh, the all of this uh, addiction and stuff for the future. Number one, get rid of the CIA, which means you're going to need to probably abolish D.C. Get rid of them first. You're going to get rid of the FDA if you abolish D.C., obviously. You get rid of the money behind them. That comes from the Federal Reserve because they won't be of any use for anymore because we don't have D.C. anymore. You start getting rid of the guys who are making it happen. But no, we don't want to do that. Let's just let's not let's not go down there. I think of um kind of where we're at right now. A couple of psalms come to mind. Psalm chapter 12. Listen to what David has to say. The chief musician upon Shemineth, a psalm of David. Help, Lord, for the godly man seeth us. Now, we're, I played you Marcus, and I know there are others like Marcus, both young and old, who are out there. 
But David has this view, the godly man seeth, for the faithful fail from among the children of men. They speak vanity, every one with his neighbor, with flattering lips and with a double heart do they speak. The Lord shall cut off all flattering lips and the tongue that speaketh proud things. Who have said with our tongue we will prevail? Our lips are our own. Who is Lord over us? For the oppressed, for the oppression of the poor, for the sighing of the needy. Now will I rise, saith the Lord. I will set him in safety from him that puffeth at him. The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt serve them from this generation forever. The wicked walk on every side when the vilest men are exalted. Do you get that? If you take a vile man and he's the lesser of the two evils that you're choosing from, you're still putting a vile man in office, an office of which he's supposed to be the minister of God. He's supposed to be upholding the laws of God, the commands of God, the statutes of God, the judgments of God. That's what he's supposed to be doing. But when you put him in office, what does it say? The wicked walk on every side. Sin and crime are encouraged. That's what, they, that's what happens. That's what happens. We go over into uh, Psalm 38. And I think here is where, this is the message America needs to hear right here. This is a message they need to hear. All of us in America, we need to hear it. The church needs to hear it, and the world in America needs to hear it. Psalm 38, a psalm of David to bring to remembrance. O Lord, rebuke me, not in thy wrath, neither chasten me in thy hot displeasure. Nobody wants to fall under the wrath of God. For thine arrows stick fast in me, and thy hand presseth me sore. There is no soundness in my flesh because of thine anger. Neither is there any rest in my bones because of my sin. For mine iniquities are gone over mine head, as in heavy burden they are too heavy for me. My wounds stink and are corrupt because of my foolishness. I am troubled, I am bowed down greatly. I go mourning all the day long, for my loins are filled with a loathsome disease, and there is no soundness in my flesh. I am feeble and sore broken. I have roared by reason of the disquietness of my heart. Lord, all my desire is before thee, and my groaning is not hid from thee. My heart panneth, my strength faileth me. As for the light of mine eyes, it also is gone from me. My lovers and my friends stand aloof from my sore, and my kinsmen stand afar off. They also that seek after my life lay snares for me, and they that seek my hurt seek or speak mischievous things, mischievous things, I'm sorry, and imagine deceits all the day long. But I as a deaf man heard not, and I was as dumb as excuse me, I was as a dumb man that openeth not his mouth. Thus I was a man that heareth not, and in whose mouth are no reproofs. Oh, this is David, the man after God's own heart. I don't hear and I, I don't even have reproofs to give. For in thee, O Lord, do I hope. Thou wilt hear, O Lord my God. For I said, hear me, lest otherwise they should rejoice over me. When my foot slippeth, they magnify themselves against me. 
for I'm ready to halt, and my sorrow is continually before me. For I will declare mine iniquity. I will be sorry for my sin. Ooh, right there, right there's the message. Because I'm going to tell you what you did, Republicans, and I'm going to finish this in a second. I'm going to tell you what you did with Donald Trump. You endorsed a false gospel. Just like the Republicans in 2012 that wanted to put Mitt Romney in the House, in the White House, they were endorsing a false gospel because he doesn't have the true gospel. And Donald Trump told you, he told you the very words that Peter said, Lord, May it not be that you go to the cross and all this other stuff. And what did Jesus call him? He called him Satan. And Donald Trump gets on television and tells you he's never asked God for forgiveness. He's never had to repent. And the Republican Party and the Christians and or the professed Christians, let me got right behind him and said, "That's okay, Donnie. We'd rather have you in the house than uh, Hillary Clinton." Now I, I don't want Hillary Clinton in there either, or Joe Biden or any of these guys. The fact of the matter is, that's what they did. They thought that was a trivial thing of what he's, that doesn't matter. We're not electing a pastor in chief. Do you see how foolish that is? That is foolishness. You're just saying, God, why don't you just give us some more? Give us some more. Back to Psalm 38 here. The reason I say it is, David says, I'm going to declare mine iniquity. I'm going to be sorry for my sin. Not that I was caught. I'm sorry that I did it. Which expresses repentance by not doing it anymore. And he says, but my enemies are lively and they are strong. And they that hate me wrongfully are multiplied. They also that render evil for good are mine adversaries because I follow the thing that good is. Forsake me not, O Lord. O my God, be not far from me. Make haste to help me, O Lord, my salvation. Listen, friends, I, there's a place where I want to call us as the people of God. I'm not calling the people who don't claim to be Christian. I'm calling those who are part of the covenant community. If you name the name of Christ, if you say you're a Christian, maybe we, maybe what we need to do is get on our faces before God, humble ourselves before Him, fast, and seek Him. Seek Him more than our necessary food. Let's not let our bellies be our gods. How many of us could stand to lose a few pounds anyway? But seek after the Lord, fast and pray and call out to him. Confess our own sins first and the sins of our people and plead with God that he might show mercy, that he might grant repentance. Repentance doesn't come from inside of you. It comes from God. It's a gift from him, just like faith is. Not everybody has faith. It would do the church well to fast and pray, to learn to fast and pray, and to confess our sins. It would, it would do well. And to confess them to one another, by the way. The Bible says to do that as well. You got people who are sick among you. Let them call for the elders of the church. Confess their sins, and the elders are going to pray over them, anoint them with oil, and they will be healed. And their sins forgiven. Isn't that what Scripture says? Yeah, it does. Why is the church not doing that? Well, the true church does it, or should be doing it. This is what we need. We need real repentance here in America. And it's going to begin at the house of God. And it's either going to begin 
if God is gracious and does it now, or he's going to bring the judgment right there in the front door. Isn't that what Peter says? If judgment begins at the house of God, what's going to happen to the wicked? See, he deals with his people first because they know they should know better. And what we've seen from the church is, in many cases, a watered-down gospel, which is no gospel, doesn't save anybody. It damns a lot of people, including the speakers who are speaking it, who tell you, well, you know, you just need to have your best life now, or God has a wonderful plan for your life, or 40 days of this, or 50 days of that, or whatever the case may be, instead of saying, look, you need to repent of your sin. You need to turn from sin. May God grant real repentance to us as a people here, as his people in the United States and around the world. Our brothers and sisters, many of them languishing in prisons, many of them persecuted every day for their faith, just because they're a Christian. Not because they're a terrorist or something like that, just because they have faith in Jesus Christ and they want to share that with others in the love that they share and in the words they express. May God grant us that. Bradley be with you at 3 o'clock Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, sonsoflibertymedia.com. And then, Lord willing, I'm going to see you back here bright and early tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. I'm going to have some of these uh, pickled garlic again because I was eating them during here. But we'll see you in the morning, 6 a.m. Adios.